0: Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. I'm excited to uh, continue the Light of the World series, and I get the verse that is like the centerpiece of the series here. So um, we're going to start off today in John chapter 8, if you wanted to turn there. We're going to be there briefly, and then we'll be in some other places, but um, John 8, verse 12 is kind of the centerpiece verse of this series on the light of the world, Um, and it's the one where Jesus said, can you guess? I am the light of the world. Yeah, okay. Well, let's let's just read it. All right. (laughs) All right. So... Again, Jesus spoke to them, and this was in the midst of a series of, you know, uh, the Pharisees were coming against him with questions about who he was, and by what authority he was doing the things that he was doing. And he would give them answers that, you know, well, they, they weren't satisfied with his answers. They, he, he never, like, Jesus was a little slippery to them, honestly. He, he never quite exactly answered the same question that they asked, but he gave them the real answers. And so in the midst of their questioning of who he was and whether, you know, he had anything, you know, any authority to do what he was doing and whether maybe he might actually be possessed by a demon, you know, they, anything from that you can imagine they questioned him about. And uh, in the middle of, of this dialogue, one of the things that Jesus said to them was this. So he spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that that's really the, the foundation of, of where we're going in this series, that we want to learn how to walk in the light and we know that the light, we see here, the light that has come into the world, whatever light it has, it originates from Jesus, the light of the world. And so I want to talk today just real quick about a few things that that light does for us. And there's, you know, there's a whole bunch to that, but we'll continue to, we've already seen some of the things that um, have to do with light and we'll continue with ways that we can be light. But today I want to focus on what it actually means that Jesus is the light of the world for us. What does that do for us? Because you know me that I I love to take phrases that you've heard in church a million times and kind of bring them back down out of the sky. You know, they tend to just float around up there. You've, I mean, we've all heard this verse before. Jesus has his I am statements, right? I am the way and the truth and the life. And I am the door. And, and so we have I am the light of the world. And if you grew up in the church, you've probably... Heard that forever, but let's talk about what it really means today. What does that light do for us and a big hint there is what he says right in that verse, you know that the people who follow me they won't walk in darkness um, but in the light and and this is meant by him to be a, a light that fills every part of our lives not just like a you know we have a little light bulb there but you can see that it's actually the sunset coming through isn't that graphic amazing like I love that it's not you know we're little lights but this light of the world is filling filling everything and um, so when we have Jesus we don't walk in the darkness we walk in the light and so I have three things I mean it's it it sounds kind of basic, but the gospel is kind of like that sometimes. And it's still worth remembering, even if we think we know it. It's worth hearing again, because sometimes the things that we know in our heads, they take a little time to sink down into our hearts. Sometimes we have to hear it in different ways. So um, this is an example of that. So what does light help us do? See. See. Profound right so <laughs> but that 's what we 're going to talk about, and we 're going to talk about what it helps us see right so so when Jesus said that he 's the light of the world he 's saying a bunch of things he 's saying you know um, all the things that light could be you know we 're going to um, continue to talk in this series about how the Word of God is a light to our path, you know a, a guide that and how the light of the Holy Spirit uh, produces fruit that 's another thing we know light does that you know the the Holy Spirit produces fruit in us, just like light produces fruit on trees and stuff. So we're going to talk about those things, but right at the basic level today, that'll be later in the series today, we're talking about what, what do we see? If Jesus is the light of the world, what is it that he means for us to see? So the first place I want to look for the answer to that is earlier in the book of John, in John chapter 1. Um, this is kind of one of the key passages of us being told who Jesus is. And uh, <laughs> so I want to pick, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read the whole thing of John 1, but I want to start at the beginning. In the beginning, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And now listen to this in him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's a little interlude of talking about John the Baptist bearing witness to the light. And then picking up in verse nine. Talking about Jesus, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him and believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God." Um, going on later, you know, there's, I mean, there's so much in this chapter, but just a, just one more section here, starting in verse 16. For from his fullness, still talking about Jesus, the light, the word, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, Jesus, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. And so, man, there's so, there's so much in there, but the first thing I want to focus on is in those last three verses that the, in, the, in the light of Jesus and because of his grace, that's our only chance to see God. God. That's the first thing that we see, um, and you know, the, he goes to he goes on to clarify there that no one has like seen God, you know, the Father in all His glory. You know, Moses maybe saw the back of His glory as He went by, and we talked about you know, <laughs> we we can you know think about what exactly that was we don't know exactly what it was but no one has seen like the full glory of god but jesus is saying that the first part here that we're talking about of his light of the world is that if you've seen him then you have seen god this is your window into viewing god you know he said to his disciples you know if you know me you do know the father and have seen him and that uh, you know, that's words that we can read, but that was totally mind-blowing to them. They knew that you couldn't see the presence of God or you would die. You'd be struck down. And this invitation to actually being in communion and and knowing something about the God of the whole world, that's the first thing. Because without Jesus, we have none of that. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? The the Bible talk is full of images about how we were dead in our transgressions and our sins, that our eyes were darkened. Right? All these images are like that, where without some intervention, there was no chance that we were going to be able to see or have any relationship or even any knowledge of the God that made the world and made us. And because of that, you know, no knowledge of our own purpose, our own place, and in the, the things that He made, and so that's the that's the state in which we find ourselves until the light of the world shines in. So the very first thing, you know, the light helps us see, and it, what it helps us see is we see the Father through Jesus, and that's the only way. You know, just the idea of God is so big and can be so intimidating that I think we can easily give up on, on relationship with him even. But when we think about Jesus, we see a person, a, a man who was here like us, and he said, you know, if you've seen me and known me, you do know the Father. He gave us a window, and he was kind enough to write down his story so it wasn't just, you know, the 12 people that walked around with him that could get to see the window, So when we see Jesus, when we read the stories in the Gospels and see all the things that he did, we see the image of the invisible God. In Colossians it says, oh, I think it's Colossians, I didn't write that one down. If I'm I'm not making it up, it's really in the Bible, but I might have the wrong place. (laughs) That's what happens when you don't write it down. But that uh, Jesus is the image of the invisible God the image of the invisible God. And so when we see him walking through his life and doing the things that he did, we could be like the heart and the spirit, the way he was in the world, the things that he released, that is the heart of the Father. That is exactly what the, you know, this omnipotent, all-powerful, extremely huge God would do in that space in time, exactly what he purposed. Because he said he only did what he saw the Father doing, right? That's what Jesus told us about how he lived. So he was the expression of the of the omnipotent God's will on earth. And he continues to be that through the Holy Spirit. That's a bit of a topic for a different day. But that Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that was in Jesus by which he shed light into the world. So the very first thing, and it's 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 pretty hard to like overstate the importance of this. That in what the light of the world means is this is how we see God. There is no other. There's no other view. There's no other window. Without Jesus, it's it's total darkness. It's not even like. Uh, there's no chance. You know we're dead in our transgressions and sins. But through Him, when His light shines on us, thank you, Joe Langston, Colossians 1.15. You got me. That's the great thing about technology. Love it. The image image of the invisible God. I was right. I had the right one. It's good good to hear. Um, But we had no chance of seeing that image. God would always be invisible, and we would be wondering, what is he out there? What is he? What is he like? But because of Jesus' light, we can see, as much as we can, The, the only... The picture that our minds are capable of taking in, we have a glimpse at God, and because we have a glimpse at Him, um, we get to draw near, and that kind of leads into the next thing, so because the light fills everything, it helps us see you know the truth about other people too, and and firstly the the truth about ourselves so You know, are you like me, where you have a lot of ideas about who you are yourself? Do you try to define yourself with different labels or like hold yourself to expectations that came from places you don't even know, maybe, Um, and you just find those things on you? Well, without the light of the world... And we see this throughout our culture. People are left to try somehow to define themselves out of nothing with no, with no place to stand on. And that's where we, you know, see all these things coming from, you know, whether it's, you know, <laughs> despair, whether <laughs> it's... Uh, Confusion about identity or gender, or all these things. People, it's, it's super, it's, it's actually impossible. This it's an incredibly heavy weight for us to carry to try to have to define ourselves and say who we are. Um, it's something that we were never meant to carry. Jesus, as our, you know, God as our creator, he knows who we are. He wrote the manual of our lives, and he can tell us, Um what it is that he has planned for us, what he meant for us to be. But there's no, uh, there's no way for us to access that. We're not going to be able to read it without the light of Jesus. So it's in Jesus' light that we see who we are. And that's, that's so important. That is, that is what the church has to offer, a culture that is searching the question is if we'll offer it in a winning way, a way that draws people in rather than you know pushing them out. Because it's not your job to tell somebody who they are, right? You might think you know. Have you ever done that? Have you ever told somebody who they are? Just uh, just try not to, right? Because you don't want to put you don't want to put yourself in God's seat like that. He doesn't like to share. That position. It's, it's Him that says who, who people are. So when we see people that are struggling for identity, we can offer them, but what we offer them is the presence of Jesus. And we trust Jesus to speak to them who they are. And maybe He'll speak through us, but we need to have wisdom in that and not just try to tell people who they are. Because as you might know, um, sometimes you could even know the right answer to something and if someone told it to you, like, you got to do it this way. You'd be like, no, I don't want to do it that just because you said it. it. No one else? Just me? I, no, I know it. it's more. And, uh, and so, you know, kind of like, there, sometimes just asking a question might be a better idea because the things that people arrive at themselves, the things that Jesus speaks to a person's heart himself will always have more power than any like solution that we might have to offer. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but anyway, let's let Jesus be the light in which we see ourselves and where we find our identity. And just to give you a couple things about what that is, you know, in, in 1 John, which is also written by the same guy who had our main passage there. Um, I just want to read the first uh, couple verses of 1 John chapter 3. This is one of the the things that Jesus um, says about himself. Uh, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God and so we are the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him um, in John 1 oh I forgot to read that part but um, it says in John 1 that the you know God's verdict on the world was uh, <laughs> the the verdict was the light has come into the world but Men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And so uh, they, didn't, they didn't see Jesus. They didn't know him. And now he says that same thing might happen to us. And he says, but he says, Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he, Jesus, appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So what is it that we're supposed to see? Like, what light should we see ourselves in? We should see ourselves like God does through the light of Jesus. You know, when he took our place on the cross, you know, he became the lens, you know, the light through which the Father sees us. And what he says is that now we're like him, children of God. And we know that, what that means to some extent now, but what, that will mean when he returns is something yet to be seen and hoped for. So when you think of yourself through the light of Jesus, you should think child of God and like, let the weight of that hit you, what that means, that all the love and all the privilege and the blessing, gifts, all the things that parents do for their children, um, taking care, cleaning up, wounds, you know, all the things that parents do for kids that that's what you have with God and that you haven't even reached your final form yet, that there's a a risen child of God that you were made to be, that you will be when Jesus returns. So if you think of yourself in that light it kind of makes it harder to do some of the silly things that we waste our time on, Um, you know, from day to day. What is it, if I'm a child of God and I'm gonna be, you know, reborn into this amazing glory that has yet to be revealed, um, you know, what am I doing and how am I living in the light of that? It's not only encouraging, but also, like, motivating, like, i wanna I wanna live in the light of that. Does that make sense? Do you guys see yourself in that light? It's easy not to. It's easy to listen to the voices that other people have said you are, but children of God, that's what Jesus says and another one um, in John fifteen jesus said uh just a almost like it's in the middle of a lot of other big statements, so I think it gets overlooked, but he said, I I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. That uh, that somehow, you know, we've come into this relationship with Jesus, not just where, you know, he gives us orders and we do the thing, which, that would be great, because they'd be good orders that would benefit and bless us, but he's saying, I call you friends, I let you in on my plans, you work together with me on this, you know? I'm interested in your ideas. I care about what you think. I care about your feelings. That's, that's what friendship is, right? That's, that's what it means to be somebody's friend, that, you know, that you would care for them as they care for you. There's, like, a mutuality to it. And I think, like... It's easy, like it's hard for us, I think, to think of ourselves in that light, but this is, you know, the light of the world himself said that, that's the perspective by which he gave us to see ourselves, that we're not just servants, but we're also friends and partners with what God is doing. And, you know, there's a whole host of other identity statements in the Bible that we could go into, but those are just two that I wanted to highlight today because I feel like they're easy ones to forget, and they're probably the two most like transformative things that we could begin to believe about ourselves. So it's through the light of Jesus that we could see ourselves that way. And what that means is if you struggle to see yourself that way, what you need to do is not try harder. What you need to do is just place yourself in the light of Jesus. Read the truth. Enter his presence through worship, through prayer. Let Let him speak those things into you. If you find yourself struggling to believe it at first, that's okay. Um, That's been the story of all Christians everywhere. We don't always believe or get it right away, but it's still true. And so if you place yourself in that place and let Jesus speak those things over you, you are a child of God. You are God's friend and partner. Then as that truth sinks into you, as you see yourself in that light, you'll be released into freedom through that. And as you learn to see yourself that way, in that light, kind of the next, uh, maybe the more, sometimes, well, for some more challenging, some more less challenging. Some of us just really have struggles with seeing ourselves correctly. But also, uh We really struggle to see this in other people. And if we're going to accept all these things for ourselves that I'm a child of God and a friend of God, then we have to be willing to believe the same thing about other people. Even when they post ridiculous nonsense on Facebook and, you know, when they say things that are hurtful or when they smell bad or, you know, any of the number of other things that people who carry the image of God sometimes do, we need to remember that, like, for, first of all, if those are believers, if those people love Jesus, then they also are God's children. They also are God's friends. And we should think twice about uh, ragging on the friends of a mighty God. Um, I You... You know, you don't want to make fun of somebody's children to their face, right? <laughs> and does that kind of put a more personal thing on it? Like, that's how God thinks of the person sitting over there that annoys you. I don't know who they are, but, you know, maybe there's someone here. That's God's child. And if they don't know Jesus yet, they've still been welcome. God is after that person, what they could be is yet to be revealed. (laughs) But when Jesus comes, those of us that know him, like, for some, the transformation will be more dramatic than others. (laughs) But that's not to diminish anything from from all that we just said about being children of God that are going to be reborn into glory. You know... Every believer is that, and every person that's not a believer has that potential in them. Also, uh, as Jesus being the light by which we see others, let's let's just check out this uh, check out this verse real quick in Second Corinthians, chapter five. This is. Uh, this is a hint for how this is supposed to go. So talking about, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, um, Paul's talking about how um, Jesus died for all of us, that be, and because of that, we are going to live for him, right? And so the conclusion that he draws from that is, starting in verse 16, that from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh however your flesh wants to think about people, whether you want to label them or dismiss them because of the ways you think they're wrong, all that comes from our flesh. And he's saying we want to regard no one according to the flesh, the alternative being regarding them by the Spirit in the light of Jesus. Because we once, he says, you know, before we were saved, we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We judged him according to what our natural selves thought But we regard him thus no longer. Now, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You see how that light of Christ, when that shines on a person, that changes the way they are, and that changes the way they need to see them. We're a new creation being released. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So that's the light through which we see other people, is that message of reconciliation, that even if they are as far from God as possible, that the way is open, they are allowed to cross into his kingdom whenever they would accept it. That, that ministry that he's given us is, one, a way that we should see ourselves, that we're his ambassadors, we've been given something, and also a way that we see and approach other people. That part about holding no one's sin against them is potentially the hardest part. We are masters at holding the, peop- the ways that people have sinned against us against them. And sometimes I think the church has been guilty of holding people's sins against them that they don't even know. Like the church doesn't seem to offer forgiveness sometimes, not like our church specifically, just the church in general. I think we do a better than average job. I'm sure we've struggled with it in the past too. But we have been given this message that God is saying, I'm ready to let your sins go And not just let them go. I'm willing to apply the sacrifice of Jesus to cover them and to see you through the lens of the light of the world. So, Jesus, light of the world, helps us. This is the light by which we see the Father. He is the light by which we can learn to see ourselves truly and then from there learn to see the people around us. So where does, where does Jesus, the light of the world, want to shine in your hearts today? Is there a, like a room in there that's been closed off or got the shades drawn that he would want to speak into? You know, this has always been the way it is even in, in Psalms, you know, David wrote this prophetic, you know, he'd never read John chapter one or any of the things that we talked about, but in, in Psalm 36, he says, it's only in your light that we see light talking about the Lord. And so I just want to encourage us to lay down before God today the ways that we have tried to see ourselves, tried to speak our own identity or have tried to label others and tell them who they are. It's only in the light of the Lord that we see light. And that's why it says, (laughs) one of my favorite, one of my favorite verses, therefore, It says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And so I just speak that blessing over us now as, as we're moving into like a, maybe a, a time of meditation here and like just reflection. Awake, awake where you've been sleeping. Rise from the dead and let Christ shine on you. The light of his goodness, a vision of the Father, a vision of your own identity, your own place, and a vision of his grace for the people around you. And I just want to pray that that, that moment will happen. And God spoke to me really powerfully through this verse when I was a teenager. I lived in Cleveland, and I had a second-floor bedroom that faced the street, and there was this street light across the street, Um, and we didn't have air conditioning. So these are all important parts of the story you need to know. So when the wind would blow, my windows were open because it was hot, and when the wind would blow, my curtain would move, and then the streetlight would shine right on my eyes and wake me up. (laughs) And the Lord spoke to me that picture about this verse, that He wanted. that's how he wants to wake up our hearts, like blow the curtains out of the way, wake up the sleeper, let Christ shine on you. So I just, I bless you with that picture. Just envision that. Wherever there's like curtains drawn over your heart, I just pray now that the Lord would blow those away, that you would see the true light and that would wake you up, even if you were comfortable sleeping, that you would see the light of Christ shine on you.